This week, Congress is back in session after a two-week recess, and lawmakers are holding a number of hearings and committee meetings. Politico's healthcare team will be watching the House Oversight Hearing on Pandemic Origins on Tuesday. On Wednesday, we'll be following the House Oversight Hearing on Health Data Breaches and the Senate Appropriations Hearing for FDA Funding. This is Pulse Check. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. On Sunday, researchers presented positive results regarding the first mRNA cancer vaccine candidate targeting cancer recurrences at the annual meeting of the American Association for Cancer Research in Orlando, Florida. In a mid-stage clinical trial, researchers compared treating patients with surgically removed melanoma with only Keytruda, which is an immunotherapy from Merck and standard treatment, and a combination of Keytruda and a personalized mRNA vaccine candidate from Moderna. About 22% of the 107 patients who received both treatments had their cancer return, compared to 40% of the 50 patients who received only Keytruda. The companies plan to begin a phase three clinical trial later this year. Congress's Medicare advisory panel said preliminary data show that expanded access to telehealth during the pandemic boosted access to care, but that it still isn't clear whether remote care improved quality or saved money. As a result, the panel suggested Friday that Congress hold off on deciding whether to permanently expand access to telehealth until more data is available. The advisory panel is expected to finalize its report to Congress in June. And as mental health apps and telehealth services become more prevalent in the U.S., concerns are growing over the personal data these platforms collect for marketing and advertising purposes. Ruth Reeder joins us to explain what the FTC and HHS are doing to protect consumer privacy. Thanks for inviting me. Can you give us an overview of what their concerns about protecting this personal information from being collected is? Like, why is that a problem? For sure. And actually, I'm going to I'm going to zoom out a little bit and take us like how we got here. Last year, probably, lawmakers really started trying to pass a general data privacy rule. There has been some recognition that companies, online tech companies and data brokers are just collecting too much information about people and that needs to be reined in. And so there have been several attempts to do that, several bills, and yet nothing has passed. So in absence of lawmakers being able to protect a privacy law along the lines of like in the UK, they have something called GDPR. Right. And certain states have their own rules around data privacy, but we don't have a federal rule. And it has been determined that maybe that's something that we need. And it's a bipartisan issue, actually. But the the details matter in that, and, and lawmakers have gotten stuck to sort of try and figure out like, you know, should federal laws preempt state laws and and things like that. So that has sort of held up that process. Yeah. In the meantime, under the Biden administration, regulators have looked at what are the tools in their toolbox that they can use to protect people's data online? You know, is there anything in their existing Mm -hmm. authority that can be used to sort of help out with this issue until lawmakers can pass actual laws that protect it? So one place that the FTC has looked is at health data. Now, health data is interesting Mm -hmm. because a lot of health data is protected by HIPAA. But HIPAA has limits. This is limited to doctors, health systems, insurers. But these days, we have a lot of health data that is available online, kind of. Mm -hmm. And companies 
track that data as they would any other, you know, sort of web traffic data for purposes of marketing. And so what the FTC has said is, okay, this is sensitive. Do we have any authorities to protect that? And what they've found is that they have the ability through their mandate to look at companies who may be misrepresenting whether or not they're protecting your data. And so that sort of Mm -hmm. has put telehealth companies in their crosshairs for two reasons. One, telehealth companies are largely incentivized to let you know that they are protecting your data, right? They may, in their privacy policy, say that they protect your data in a certain way, right? Or maybe they have some sort of advertising copy in their website that says, like, don't worry, everything that happens on our website is confidential. The second way is by saying, and a lot of telehealth companies have said this, that they're HIPAA compliant. Now, technically, none of these companies are HIPAA entities. Mm. Because as we said, HIPAA is really pretty specific and narrow. And so even if they attempt to comply with HIPAA, it's it's a misrepresentation. That is sort of where the one way that the FTC has sort of wiggled in there and said, aha, this is actually deceptive. Yeah. There have been a number of rulings against um, telehealth companies. There was um, Flow Health, which is a period tracking app. Yep. And the same is true for a company called GoodRx. And then BetterHelp, which is a telehealth company. Yep. But the FTC did one other thing in the in the GoodRx case, which is worth noting, which is they brought back this rule from 2009 called the Health Breach Notification Rule. And this rule was actually intended to protect online health data that fell outside of HIPAA. They issued guidance in the last year and a half or so where they said, if there is sharing of health data with third parties, that can also count as a breach. Got it. So the FTC has been moving in that direction. And now what we're starting to see, starting at the end of last year, is that HHS is also starting to look at the tools in its toolbox. So that's sort of been this interesting change. So it's not just an FTC thing. It is sort of like a broader Biden administration effort to better protect health data. How are regulators and the healthcare industry responding to these new regulations or considerations from the Biden administration? In sort of mixed ways. On the one hand, many of the companies that I've spoken to say the FTC rulings, though, you know, new and novel, by and large, a lot of companies sort of say, okay, I get that. Sort of a funny thing. What these healthcare companies have been doing in terms of using data about their customers to advertise to them. Yeah. But it's pretty specific data. And in order to advertise, they end up having to share that data with third parties like Facebook and Google and others. Mm -hmm. But still, a lot of companies feel like this is a necessary sort of shift that's happening. And I think that it's, it's forced everybody to sort of reconsider their data practices. But what's been more interesting, actually, than the FTC rulings, which I think has been not as scary to the industry as you might think, has been a new guidance that was issued by uh, HHS and the Office of Civil Rights in December, which basically said that health data for health systems on websites, that data is actually protected by HIPAA. And so you can no longer 
not that you can't web track, but like if you are gathering data on your websites about customers or potential customers for your health services and then using that to advertise to them, don't. And that has been way scarier, both to telehealth companies and to health systems at large where they say, shoot, this is a pretty common ad practice. And so that has forced everyone, I think, to really rethink how they conduct business in 2023, quite frankly. I've heard that legal teams are just saying, drop targeted advertising for now. Right. And in the meantime, they are also starting to file these breaches with OCR. So basically saying that, oh, well, I have used this web tracking and I have used it to target ads. And so there have been a number of companies who have recently just gone ahead and preempted HHS coming to them and saying, hey, you were breached and saying, hey, we think this might qualify as a breach given your new guidance. So we just want to get ahead of whatever regulatory action may happen and say as much, basically out ourselves. And I think, you know, when it comes to healthcare companies in general, they want to be compliant with what regulators say and put out and their guidance, but it's changing, right? Like our expectations are changing. I would say it definitely has sent a shock through the industry a bit. Where does that leave us moving forward? What role do we think that data privacy advocates and lawmakers have in this whole issue of protecting health data, newly classified health data? So we're seeing a couple of things going forward. One is I do think that you are going to continue to see regulators take steps to continuously look at their toolbox and also to maybe create some new rules. The FTC is going to continue looking and see what other rules might be under its authority and what new rules it can create to sort of help protect this data. And health data, they have said, is sort of really important to them going forward. HHS, likewise, recently sought to update uh, health data privacy protections under HIPAA to essentially bar health providers and insurers from releasing information about a patient seeking an abortion um, to law enforcement. So just ensuring that that is protected, which is also something that we've seen come up, both from like there have been bills seeking to protect like geolocation data around uh, how people go about seeking abortion services and other clinical services related to abortion. Mm -hmm. So that's another area that I think is right. But I basically, and then finally, I guess, is that in addition to seeing both these sort of regulatory agencies continue to assess how they can protect this data, I think there is an expectation that lawmakers also want to pass more a broader general data privacy law. Mm -hmm. We don't know what that's going to be or what that's going to look like yet. We only know that that is sort of an agenda item, again, bipartisan. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one more area where you can see action. Well, Ruth, thank you so much for for walking us through all of this. It's super informative and a super interesting uh, issue moving forward. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah and Annie Reese are our producers. 
Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. We have Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.